Nigerian stocks extend gains for the 13th straight session from over 1,200 cities and 130 countries. We bring you the Good Morning Africa podcast. Good morning, Africa, and welcome aboard your pulse on everything business in Africa. I am Ruthie Dong. For more, follow us on Twitter at the K Financial News, and you can find me at Ruthie Dong. United States Secretary of State Anthony Blinken has just completed his African tour. During this leg, he visited Cape Verde, Ivory Coast, Nigeria and Angola. The visit is a follow-up of the U.S.-Africa Leaders Summit held in Washington in December 2022 and heavily focused on security in the Sahel and development prospects of Africa. Ondiro Oganga joins us with more. Ondiro, security took center stage of the conversations in all the countries he's visiting, zooming in on the Sahel region. Why is America invested? Because America has a drone base in Niger that is valued at $110 million, and they still have staff on the ground. Outside of Niger, America has operations in Mali and Burkina Faso, and this was to ensure some form of peace and stability in the Sahel region. However, following coups in these three countries, they have veered away from constitutional order and drawn closer and closer to countries like Turkey, Iran, Russia, that do not have a good track record of upholding democracy and human rights. And this is a point of concern for America because the Sahel region is a very strategic region when it comes to regional security. Why do I say this? It's a hotspot for extreme jihadism. It's also a hotspot for drug trafficking and human smuggling. And these are issues that could trickle down into other West African countries, for example, Nigeria, Ivory Coast, Togo, Ghana, that could destabilize countries that are of far more strategic importance to America. And that is why, despite the fact that America has expressed their displeasure at the coups that are happening in the Sahel, they've slapped them with sanctions. They're still keeping diplomatic channels open and handling the martyr with a velvet glove because of how high the stakes are. Uh, We also discuss challenges to democracy and security in West Africa. We very much appreciate Nigeria's leadership in ECOWAS to try to move to a return to the constitutional order and democracy in Niger after it's been uh, disrupted. Uh, And we talked about building on the important summit that President Tinubu shared in December to try to see Niger get back onto the constitutional path. You earlier mentioned Sahel countries leaning towards Russia. How much influence is Russia gaining in the region and what are the implications? One can argue that the main reason why this trip is very significant and why Blinken is very keen on building and rebuilding ties in the Sahel is because they do not want Russia to gain mileage and momentum. Currently, as is, Russia has a small footprint in Mali and U.S. has a bigger presence in Niger following the exit of France. But that's why it gets interesting or tricky depending on what perspective you look at it from, because France's exit leaves a power vacuum that could easily be filled by Russia, who've recently signed agreements with some of these Sahel countries to provide security through the Wagner Group. And that's why during this tour, Anthony Blinken seized every opportunity to remind Africans that U.S. is a better security partner and pointing a finger of blame at Wagner Group, who he says exploits conflict and coup hit countries on the continent and says where they go problems follow because they are out to exploit Africa and its resources. But then do not get it twisted. As much as America is still invested in the Sahel, they're beginning to look at alternative places and how to strengthen and build stronger security ties with other West African countries. So we are likely to see more money, an additional $45 million going into the strengthening of security ties with 
coastal West African countries, and we are also likely to see capacity building, exchange of technology, and also military equipment support. The trip also meant to be a follow-up to the commitments President Biden made during the U.S.-Africa Leadership Summit. What else stood out? Outside of security, some other issues that came up during his trip were economic development and partnerships. When he was in Cape Verde, he went to visit the Port of Praia, which America is working on expanding and building modern infrastructure there. There are also talks of expanding road networks and ensuring clean water for the people. As President Biden has said, we are all in when it comes to, uh, to Africa. But I have to tell you, there's a good reason that we're starting here in, in Cabo Verde. And that's because uh, you have been and you are uh, a remarkable partner for the United States. Uh, and as you said, Prime Minister, this is a partnership that is based fundamentally on shared values as well as shared interests. In Nigeria, um, there were talks of a pharmaceutical manufacturing um, facility. And this is important because during the COVID-19 pandemic, we saw many African countries scramble to get vaccines for their people because we did not have the capacity to produce our own vaccines on the continent. So this facility is important and it will begin by manufacturing anti-malarial drugs, which are very key because of the continents and the country's struggle with diseases such as malaria. Our partnership is also strengthening Nigerian institutions to innovate and lead the region's public health response. Uh, tomorrow, as I mentioned, uh, we'll be in Lagos. I'll get a chance to visit the Institute of Medical Research uh, here in Nigeria to learn more about the achievements that the government has made to respond to HIV, to respond to COVID-19, to respond to tuberculosis, uh, to respond to other uh, infectious diseases. With assistance that was provided through the PEPFAR platform, our U.S. Agency for International Development as well, uh, and the Centers for Disease Control and the U.S. National Institutes for Health, uh, the NIMR has developed world-class laboratories that are making significant differences in Nigeria's work to detect uh, and to combat disease. Down in Angola, the Lobito Corridor was also a point of focus. This is the most substantial investment that America has made on the African continent. And this is a project that encompasses road, rail and ports and stretches through from DRC all the way to Zambia. And a quick look at the market. The market segment is powered by the Development Bank of Rwanda. We empower you. Nigerian stocks extended gains for the 13th Street session on Monday, reaching a new record high of 105,000, mainly boosted by consumer goods stocks. Notable gains were recorded by companies such as Dangote Cement, Baja Paints, Seplat Petroleum, and Royalex, the exchange. The exchange maintains its position as the best-performing stock market globally, with year-to-date returns of over 35%. Meanwhile, the Central Bank of Nigeria has announced that it injected another $500 million into the foreign exchange market in a bid to clear a backlog of dollars. The move is intended to alleviate long-standing issues affecting the Nigerian forex market and stabilize the exchange rate. The Johannesburg Stock Exchange or Share Index was slightly down around 74,805 on Monday as investors turned more cautious ahead of the upcoming U.S. Federal Reserve's policy meeting this week. At the same time, escalating tensions in the Middle East and challenges faced by China's property sector kept risk appetite in check. Domestically, attention turned to money supply, budget and trade balance figures set to be released during the week. On the corporate front, resource-linked sectors, particularly precious metals, miners and the industrials, were among the worst performers. Meanwhile, South African fashion retailer Truworths warned that the half-year profit growth had slowed, citing poor economic conditions, high interest rates and the impact of port congestion as contributing factors. 
And a quick trip around Africa. The Bank of Ghana slashed its benchmark policy rate by 100 basis points to 29% during a regular meeting held on January 29th in line with market forecasts. This is the first rate cut since 2021, ending a pause in place since last September to support the domestic economy. Governor Anis Addison said the disinflation process is expected to continue and headline inflation is seen easing to around 13% to 17% by the end of 2024 before gradually trending back to within the medium-term target range of 6 to 10% by 2025. Ghana's annual inflation rate eased for the fifth straight month to 23.2% in December compared to 26.4% in November, but still well above the central bank's target band of 6 to 10%. The International Monetary Fund, which agreed on January 19th to disperse a second tranche of $600 million to Ghana under the country's three-year bailout program, cautioned against loosening and recommended the central bank keep the restrictive stance. The annual inflation rate in Zimbabwe quickened for the third month to hit a 10-month high of 34.8% in January of 2024, up from 26.5% in December. The major drivers of the inflation were prices of food and services, including housing and electricity, partly due to the ongoing depreciation of the domestic currency. The local unit has lost about a third of its value against the dollar on the official market so far this year and more than 40% on the power market. Monthly, consumer prices jumped up by 6.6% in January the most in seven months after a 4.4% rise in the prior month. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of the K Financial. If you have suggestions or you want to check out more stories, visit the website. That's thekfinancial.com and don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at the K Financial and you can find me at the Dawn.